0: Body aches at bedtime? Sierra Sil is a natural mineral supplement that supports joint health, calms inflammation, and we're so sure it'll work for you as it has for me and my husband for over 10 years. It has a money-back guarantee. Go to sierrasil.com, S I E R R A S I L, and use the code DRIFT for 10% off. Hello, I'm Erin. And welcome to Drift. Made possible by Envy Pillow. It's a Canadian designed ergonomic pillow that cradles your face and aligns your spine and was created by Kathy and Kim, two registered nurses with your health and the planet in mind. Learn more in the morning at Envy, Envy pillow.com. This is a story set in the winter time, just around Christmas, in Europe. And I'm so glad you're here for this tale full of warmth and the need for only the companionship of those we love and the nature that surrounds us. I've named the grandmother in this story, Mira. She's a dear gift to us in our lives this year. Mira's 97, and it is to Mira that I dedicate this story Today, Mira lives in a small apartment near us and she is one of the brightest lights in our lives. You see, one needn't ask Santa or Father Christmas to give us presents when life can hand them to us on any random day if we just open our hearts to offer and accept love. Before we embark on the tale called Little Gretchen and the Wooden Shoe by Elizabeth Harrison. Let me just ask you to take a few breaths, get comfortable wherever you are, and just inhale slowly, a nice full breath. And now exhale, letting your body sink into whatever is holding it, holding you right now. Now one more inhale, and as you exhale, think these words, I am safe, I am loved. I am at peace. And if you're ready, let's drift. Once upon a time, a long time ago in a country called Germany, there was a small log cabin on the edge of a great forest whose fir trees extended for miles and miles to the north. Imagine a forest made up of Christmas trees. This small house of heavy-hewn logs was comprised of just one room. At its entrance stood a rough pine door, into which had been cut a small square window to let in the light. At the back of the house was an old-fashioned stone chimney, but in the winter it released only a thin blue curl of smoke, showing that there was not much fire within. Now, even though this house was small, it was considered big enough for the two people who lived in it. One was a gray-haired woman, so ancient that the children of the village, nearly half a mile away, often wondered whether she had come into the world at the time of the huge mountains and the massive fir trees which stood like giants in back of her small hut. Her face was wrinkled all over with deep lines which, if the children could only have read properly, would have told them of many years of cheerful, happy self-sacrifice, of loving, anxious watching beside sick beds, of quiet endurance of pain, of many a day of hunger and cold, and of a thousand deeds of unselfish love for other people. But of course, being only children, they could not read the stories that time had written on the woman's face. They only knew that she was old and wrinkled, and that she stooped as she walked. None of them seemed to fear her, for the woman, whose name was Mira, her smile was always cheerful, and she had a kind word for each of them, if they happened to meet her, on the way to and from the village. Now with this old, old woman lived a very small girl. So bright and happy was she that the travelers who passed by the lonesome little house on the edge of the forest often thought of a sunbeam whenever they saw her. These two people were known in the village as Granny and Little Gretchen. The winter had come, and the frost had snapped off many of the smaller branches of the pine and fir trees in the forest. Gretchen and her granny were up by daybreak each morning. After a simple breakfast of oatmeal, Gretchen would run to the small closet and fetch granny's old woolen shawl, which seemed almost as old as the woman herself. Gretchen always claimed the right to put the shawl over granny's head, even though she had to climb onto the wooden bench to do it. After carefully pinning it under granny's chin, she gave her a goodbye kiss and dear mira started out for her morning's work in the forest what work was this you wonder well it was gathering up the twigs and branches which the autumn winds and winter frosts had thrown upon the ground these were carefully gathered into a large bundle which granny tied together with a strong linen band she then managed to lift the bundle to her shoulder and trudged off to the village with it. Then she would sell the bundles of kindling wood to the people who lived there. Sometimes she would get only a few pence each day, and sometimes a dozen or more. But on this money, Gretchen and Granny managed to live. They had their home, and the forest kindly furnished the wood for the modest fire which kept them warm in winter. In the summertime, Granny had a small garden at the back of the house, where she tended, with Gretchen's help, a few potatoes and turnips and onions. These she carefully stored away for winter use. To this meager supply, the pennies, gained by selling the twigs from the forest, added the oatmeal for Gretchen and a bit of black coffee for Granny. Meat was a thing they never thought of having as it cost far too much. Granny and Gretchen were very happy because they loved each other so dearly. Sometimes Gretchen would be all alone through the whole day in the hut because Granny would have some work to do in the village after selling her bundle of sticks and twigs. So what did a little girl do with herself all day? Well, this was when little Gretchen taught herself to sing the song which the wind sang to the pine branches. In the summertime, she learned the chirp and twitter of the birds until her voice might almost be mistaken for a bird's voice. She learned to dance, as the swaying shadows did, and even to talk to the stars, which shone through the little square window when Granny came home late or too tired to talk. Sometimes, when the weather was fine, or her granny had an extra bundle of knitted stockings to take to the village, she would let Gretchen go along with her. It just so happened that one of these trips to the town came just the week before Christmas, and Gretchen's eyes were delighted by the sight of the lovely Christmas trees, which stood in the window of the village store. It seemed to her that she would never get tired of looking at the knit dolls, the woolly lambs, the wooden chops with their tiny, funny, painted men and women in them, and all the other fine things. She had never owned a toy in her whole life. Therefore, those playthings, which you and I would not think much of, seemed to her to be very beautiful indeed. That night, after their supper of baked potatoes was over, and little Gretchen had cleared away the dishes and swept up the hearth, because Granny dear was so tired, she brought her own wooden stool and placed it very near Granny's feet and sat down upon it, folding her hands on her lap. Granny knew that this meant she wanted to be told about something, so she smiled and put aside the large book which she had been reading and took up her knitting, which was as much as to say, Well, Gretchen, dear, Granny is ready to listen. Granny, said Gretchen slowly, It's almost Christmas time, isn't it? Yes, dearie, only five days more now. And then she sighed. But little Gretchen was so happy that she didn't notice Granny's sigh. What do you think I'll get this Christmas, Granny? she asked, looking up eagerly into the beloved old woman's face. Ah, child, said Granny, shaking her head. You'll have no Christmas this year. We're too poor for that. Oh, but Granny, interrupted little Gretchen, think of all the beautiful toys we saw in the village today. Surely Santa Claus will send enough for every little child. Ah, dearie, those toys are for people who can pay for them, and we have no money to spend for Christmas toys. Well, Granny, perhaps some of the children who live in the great house on the hill at the other end of the village will be willing to share a few of their toys with me. Won't they be glad to give some to a little girl who has none? Dear child, dear child, said Granny, leaning forward and stroking the soft, shiny hair of the girl, your heart is full of love. You would be happy to bring a Christmas to every child, but their heads are so full of what they are going to get that they forget all about anybody else but themselves. Then she sighed and shook her head. Well, Granny, Said Gretchen, her bright, happy tone of voice growing just a little less joyous. Perhaps dear Santa will show some of the village children how to make presents that do not cost money, and some of them may surprise me Christmas morning with a present. Then, after a moment, the girl sprung up from her low perch and exclaimed that she had an idea. What is it, my dear? asked her grandmother. Do you think I could gather some of the pine and fir branches and take them to the sick old man who lives in the house by the mill, so that he can have the sweet smell of our forest in his room all Christmas Day? Yes, dearie, said Granny. You may do what you can to make the Christmas bright and happy, but you must not expect any present yourself. Oh, but, Granny, said little Gretchen, her face brightening. You forgot all about the shining Christmas angels. They are so loving and good that they will not forget any little child. I shall ask my dear stars tonight to tell them of us. You know, she added, with a look of relief, the stars are so very high that they must know the angels quite well as they come and go with their messages from the heavens. Granny sighed as she half-whispered, Poor child, poor child. But Gretchen threw her arm around Granny's neck and gave her a great big kiss, saying as she did so, Oh, Granny, you don't talk to the stars often enough, or else you would not be sad at Christmas time. Then she danced all around the room, whirling her little skirts about her to show Granny how the wind had made the snow dance that day. She looked so sweet and funny that Granny forgot her cares and worries and laughed with little Gretchen over her new snow dance. The days passed on, and the morning before Christmas Eve came. Gretchen, having tidied up, for Granny had taught her to be a careful young woman, was off to the forest, singing a bird-like song almost as happy and free as the birds themselves. She was very busy that day preparing a surprise for Granny. First, however, she gathered the most beautiful of the fir branches that were within her reach, so that she could take them to the old sick man who lived by the mill. The day went by quickly and busily for the happy little girl. When Granny came trudging wearily home that night, She found the frame of the doorway covered with pine branches. It is to welcome you, Granny. It is to welcome you, cried Gretchen. Our dear old home wanted to give you a Christmas welcome. Don't you see? The branches of the evergreen make it look as if it were smiling all over, and it is trying to say a happy Christmas to you, Granny. Granny laughed and kissed the little girl as they opened the door, and went in together. But there was yet another surprise for Mira. The four posts of the wooden bed, which stood in one corner of the room, had been trimmed by the busy slender fingers, with smaller and more flexible branches of the pine trees. A small bouquet of red mountain ash berries stood at each side of the fireplace, and these, together with the trimmed posts of the bed, gave the plain old room quite a festive look. Delighted to see the smile on her dear grandmother's face, for that is exactly what Gretchen was hoping for, the girl laughed and clapped her hands, and danced about until the house seemed full of music to poor tired Granny, whose heart had been sad, she turned toward their home that night, thinking of the disappointment that would inevitably come to sweet, loving Gretchen the next morning. After supper was over, the girl drew her stool up to Granny's side, and laying her soft little hands on Mira's knee, asked to be told once again the story of the coming of the Christ child, how the night that he was born the beautiful angels had sung their wonderful song, and how the whole sky had become bright with a strange and glorious light never seen by the people of earth before. Gretchen had heard the story many, many times, but she never grew tired of it, and now that Christmas Eve had come again, the happy little child wanted to hear it once more. When Granny had finished telling it, The two sat quiet and silent for a while, thinking it over. Then Granny rose and said that it was time for her to go to bed. She slowly took off her heavy wooden shoes, such as are worn in that country, and placed them beside the hearth. Gretchen looked at them thoughtfully for a minute or two. And then she said, Granny, don't you think that somebody in all this old wide world will think of us tonight? No, dear Gretchen, I do not think anyone will. Well then, Granny, the Christmas angels will, I know, so I am going to take one of your wooden shoes and put it on the window sill outside, so that they may see it as they pass by. I'm sure the stars will tell the Christmas angels where the shoe is. Ah, you sweet, foolish child, you're only getting ready for a disappointment. Tomorrow morning there will be nothing whatsoever in the shoe, I can tell you that now. But Gretchen would not listen, she only shook her head and cried out, Oh, Granny, you don't talk to the stars enough. With this she seized the shoe, and opening the door, hurried out, to place it on the windowsill it was very dark outside now and something soft and cold seemed to gently kiss her hair and face gretchen knew by this that it was snowing and she looked up to the sky anxious to see if the stars were in sight but a strong wind was tumbling the dark heavy snow clouds about and had shut away everything else never mind said Gretchen softly to herself. The stars are up there, even if I can't see them, and the Christmas angels do not mind snowstorms. Just then, a rough wind went sweeping by the little girl, whispering something to her which she could not understand, and then it made a sudden rush up to the snow clouds and parted them so that the deep, mysterious sky appeared beyond and shining down out of the midst of it, was Gretchen's favorite star. Ah, my star, my star, said the child, laughing aloud. I knew you were there, though I couldn't see you. Will you whisper to the Christmas angels, as they come by, that little Gretchen wants so very much to have a Christmas gift in the morning, if they have one to spare, and that she has put one of Granny's shoes upon the window sill for it? A moment more, and the little girl, standing on tiptoe, had reached the window sill and placed the shoe upon it, and then scurried back again into the cozy house where she sat beside Granny and the warm fire. The two went quickly to bed, and that night Gretchen knelt to pray, thanking God for teaching all humans to be loving and unselfish. And in a few minutes, She was sleeping, dreaming of the Christmas angels. The next morning, very early, even before the sun was up, little Gretchen was awakened by the sound of sweet music coming from the village. She knew that the choir boys were singing Christmas carols in the open air of the village street. She sprang up out of bed and began to dress herself as quickly as she could, singing as she did. While Granny was slowly putting on her clothes, little Gretchen, having finished dressing herself, opened the door and hurried out to see what the Christmas angels had left in the old shoe. The white snow covered everything—trees, stumps, roads, and pastures—until the whole world looked like fairyland. Gretchen climbed up on a large stone which was beneath the window, and carefully lifted down the wooden shoe. The snow tumbled off of it in a shower over the little girl's hands, but she wasn't bothered a bit. She hurried back into the house, putting her hand into the toe of the shoe as she ran. Oh, Granny, Granny, she exclaimed. You did not believe the Christmas angels would think about us, but see, they have, they have. Here is a dear little bird nestled down in the toe of your shoe. Oh, isn't he beautiful? Granny came forward and looked at what the child was holding lovingly in her hand. There she saw a tiny chickadee, whose wing was apparently broken by the rough and boisterous winds of the night before, and who had taken shelter in the safe, dry toe of the old wooden shoe. She gently took the little bird out of Gretchen's hands and skillfully bound his broken wing to his side so that he need not hurt himself trying to fly with it. Then she showed Gretchen how to make a nice warm nest for the tiny stranger close beside the fire. And when their breakfast was ready, she let Gretchen feed the little bird with a few crumbs. Later in the day, Gretchen carried the fresh green boughs to the old sick man by the mill, and on her way home, stopped to enjoy the new Christmas toys of some other children that she knew, never once wishing that they were hers. When she reached home, she found the tiny bird had gone to sleep. Soon, however, he opened his eyes and stretched his head up, saying, just as plain as a bird can say, Now, my new friends, I want you to give me something more to eat. Gretchen answered in her best chickadee voice, With pleasure, my small friend, and gladly fed him again. And then, holding him in her lap, she softly and gently stroked his gray feathers until the creature seemed to lose all fear of her. That evening, Granny taught her a Christmas hymn, and told her another beautiful Christmas story. Then Gretchen made up a funny little story to tell the birdie. He winked his eyes and turned his head from side to side in such a silly way that Gretchen laughed until the tears came. As Granny and she got ready for bed that night, Gretchen put her arms softly around Mira's neck and whispered, What a beautiful Christmas we have had today. Is there anything more lovely in all the world than Christmas? No, child, no, said Granny, not to such loving hearts as yours. And with that beautiful thought of full hearts and happy souls, I wish you a good night and sweet dreams.